Welcome to It Came From Podcast, episode 14. It's August 8th, 2015, and today we're talking Fantastic Four. Gamescom's going on right now, and we've got some news from Blizzard, Microsoft, and Star Wars for you. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront, that is. And X-Men could be coming to TV in a live-action series. Yes! And a lot, and a lot, a lot, a lot more. A lot more. Once again, you're listening to It Came From A Podcast. Where we curate pop culture for your inner geek. Thank you so much for listening in. I am Sergio A.M. And joining me, as always, is Ricky Kazvan. What's up? So, Ricky, you saw a gem this this, this week, Friday. So, so here's the sitch. So, we find out early on that there's a, in the week that there's an embargo of reviews for Fantastic Four. And that the cast hasn't seen the movie, right? I've yeah. had this whole thing planned out with everybody. It was going to go with a bunch of friends, yourself included, to go watch the movie on Friday. Yeah. As soon as that embargo's lifted, the reviews start coming out. Starts off at 14%, slowly declines to 10 then it hits 9 All of a sudden, the day of, I start getting a bunch of text messages saying that uh, people aren't going to the movie anymore. And I'm like, man... Nobody else is going to the movie. Do I go by myself or what, what do I do? I ended up going to the movie by myself. I sent you a picture. The theater was absolutely, absolutely empty. To be fair, I saw the, uh, I went to the RPX showing at, at my Regal Theater, which yeah. is a, a large screen format uh, um, screen. The most expensive one. Right. Um, there was a line for the regular showings, but the, the showing that I was in for the RPX, absolutely empty. <laughs> I, sh- I sent you a picture. Um, and I saw the movie, and basically, you can edit, you can beat this out, but the movie was a piece of shit. Uh, I called it. Let me just first say that, because I did. And I'm proud. I'm so proud when I'm right. I, you know, I was, uh, I had been saying, I was like, you know what? I think this movie's going to defy expectations. People are, 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 crappy on it but it people were right man it, it just the movie just it didn't it didn't work in any any way shape or form yeah i canceled on you i think the day of when i heard bad reviews from a, a lot of sources Thanks, only buddy. because Thanks. i was taking my wife and if i took my wife to see a shit movie she would kick my ass <laughs> I would kick my own ass. She never, never let you go to the movies again. Yeah. So instead, we went to Michael's Genuine, which, by the way, uh, was fantastic. That place fantastic. is awesome, especially, you especially get it? for, especially for brunch. Oh, I got it. I got the joke. Ah. Anyways, yeah, we're gonna talk about though. that later. But first, we're gonna move into games because we have a lot of game news this week. Time Magazine revealed the cover for their August 17th issue, which is about virtual reality. But the cover featured the inventor of the Oculus Rift, Palmer Lucky, I believe is his last name. That's his name. In this slightly crouched pose, like he's about to jump. And it just looks horrible, yet hilarious. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, man, that, that cover is absolutely ridiculous, like in the best possible way. Hey, the guy, he's 22 and he's dressed like he's like, I don't know. 
He's like a twelve-year-old, yeah. Suburban little twelve-year-old, something. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited that the August issue is going to be based on VR because that is probably one of the things I'm most excited about. You hear me talking about it almost every single time we talk. Um, so I, I can't wait to read the article, which I hope isn't garbage. I'm ex- no 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 the, the article is complete garbage. It feels like it was written in the late nineties. Oh, is, is, the, is the article is the article already out? Uh, yeah, yeah, the article is already oh, out there. You can I find it. Only it. the cover. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it has a bunch of stereotypes, which just they don't exist anymore. But the internet, the reaction to the cover, that's what's really amazing. It made it pretty much a meme over, on the day of the release. <laughs> Everyone's cutting out Palmer and placing him into all kinds of images. My favorite and yours too, I believe. Yes, the yes. Titanic one where Leo's yes. holding him tightly. And it's just so romantic. It's and so romantic. I can hear the song. And, there's and so many. Rings, I mean, it's just like, great. Um, there's a really so, good Lion King one, too. Where, exactly. Uh, Raf- yeah, that Rafiki, one's... R- Rafiki's holding Palmer out. And like, so, <laughs> so all the good. animals are like bowing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's a ton out there. And funny enough, Time Magazine posted an article about their favorite ones over on their site. And we'll have a link for you on the show notes as well. So you can check that out. Gamescom 2015 is going on right now in Cologne, Germany. And there's a lot of game news out there, so we're here with a few highlights for you. As always, it's what we do. So, one big thing that happened from Blizzard at Gamescom was the announcement of a new expansion for World of Warcraft. The Burning Legion has returned. I just want to say I no longer play well, but I did for a very long time. And I know there are a lot of people that are absolutely not happy about um, this expansion being announced because Worlds of Drainer was released November of 2014. And I think historically, WoW has released an expansion every two or three years. And I think now they're moving into the um, once every year model. So a lot of people are not too happy about that because they just spent money on Worlds of Drainer. I think this is something we're going to see more of. And if I was still playing, I would love a new announcement every year at a lower gonna, price, maybe. That's gonna, the only I know thing. that when we were talking about it earlier. I know that World of Warcraft is down to about 5.0 million subscribers, which compared to what they used to have is is nothing. Would it be fair to say that the, the people who are still playing WoW are like the hardcore gamers like the the people who, who like raids the people who like pvp like all that end game content are those the current subscribers you think i believe a majority of them may be but then also you have to understand that as 5.6 million being the lowest they've had in their history so far last may it was 7.1 million that's why it's such a drastic change right now this happens a lot though um a new expansion comes out, people jump on board, they try it out, then they leave. And that's sort of a common thing because people have this tendency of let me play something, move on to a new game, move on to a new game, etc. Like that, right? It's a trend. So anyways, uh, the Burning Crusade was a very popular expansion in World of Warcraft. A lot of people love that expansion. I'm more of a Lich fan myself, like that was my favorite. But um, I think that's what they're trying to do right now is get all those hardcore gamers in that time and bring them back. And what happens is you get Legion, which is pretty much going back to that. All right. So we have a new hero class, Demon Hunter. Did you see anything about that? 
uh, I saw everything I saw was very, very on the surface. Yeah. Um, so tell so us the about trailer. It. Yeah. By the way, the trailers always look amazing. I mean, yeah. I think everyone looks forward to these trailers because they're movie quality. They should just put all the trailers together, and that should be the Warcraft movie that we're getting. Just edit them all together, make a little story out of it, and yeah, there's your some movie. more in between, and there you go. I mean, <laughs> you have a full story already. So they did announce a new hero class, and I'll go through everything they announced really quickly without spending more than two hours on it. Sounds uh, good. Hero class, Demon Hunter. Okay, so this is a badass Demon Hunter. They're blind because they have to poke out their eyes in order for them to, you know, become Ugh. a Demon Hunter because they're they're shamed into it. They don't want to be, you know, we don't want to associate them with the Legion. Anyways, spectral sight to detect enemies, even those behind walls. Uh, metamorphosis to boost their powers so they transform into badasses. You could probably tank with this spec, one of the specs that allows you to. Unrivaled mobility, such as double jump, vaulting in and out of combat, and gliding. Ooh, some parkour up in there. That sounds pretty awesome, yeah. yeah. Pretty much taking what should be a demonology warlock and making it a separate class. So I will say a lot of the hate that I saw on forums was warlocks. Um, warlocks are known to have a demonology class where they can turn into this badass demon. And then out of nowhere, we're now sort of seeing this as, wait, isn't that sort of yep. what we want our demonology Blizzard is just, like. they're just stretching out what they already have and trying to make something else out of it so that they don't have to go out of their way to make something completely new. I mean, the game's 10 years old, so mm-hmm. yeah. what else can you do at this point, you know? Well, at this point, they're going to start, you know, pushing out all kinds of stuff that you possibly could have seen involved into another class and whatnot. But, uh, you know, you, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, artifact weapons. Awesome weapons that grow with you, pretty much. They have custom abilities that change the look of the sounds, the weapon, the way it feels, etc. Uh, and, you know, that's just awesome. It's some it's this, a weapon that I believe you can level with and grow with so you don't have to change it out right away. This is the coolest feature to me that I saw from the announcement of, of the expansion. Just to have a weapon that, like, grows with you and changes with you. Like, it, it really adds to the story of your character. You know, you always have, like, in every, like, um... And every fantasy or like mythological kind of story, you, you the weapons themselves are characters. You know, you have King Arthur, you have Excalibur in the Lord of the Rings universe, you have Sting, you have you know. So it's like yeah. the fact that you have like a custom weapon like that is, I think, is awesome. I think it's awesome because it makes it so. I mean, if they decide to go th- this route of like everyone has an artifact weapon and this is your end all be all weapon, I think that's awesome. That's very um, cool. I dislike knowing that raiding and PvP, for the most part, is about just grinding for gear. You get better gear, you get better. And, you know, that's what sort of dictates whether or not you go on a raid. So I feel like this may be making it so all you need is specific pieces of gear over a weapon, which um, it might just make it a little easier when you're playing um, your classes in the higher levels. Now, we also have a new area, and it's called Broken Isles. Um, It looks beautiful. There's no word on flight, which a lot of people are wondering whether or not they'll budge on that due to Draenor. But I believe there's not going to be any flight only because they've been fighting to not have it in Draenor for so long. I I feel like it's like they're thinking about the future, which would be this expansion. I think I think getting rid of flight was a good idea. At the end of the at the end of the day, you want people to still explore. And, you know, if if you can fly over the broken Isles, people aren't going to go out of their way to explore. And that's, you know, that's part of that's part of the fun of it. So I, I don't think that flight should be added. Yeah, I, I do because I liked how they didn't in Miss of Pandaria. I, I mean, I didn't love it, 
but at least it made it so once you hit the well this is later on in in the expansion once you hit the level cap you get to purchase flying like you get to fly later so in other words when you're done exploring you can fly and i like that um some people don't and some people i mean even blizzard themselves believes that to a certain extent flying was a mistake because it affects the way you design levels and you design these new areas which i understand but at this point it's too late you can't take that back without some backlash um so you know i feel like if they do it like that where okay hit hit the level cap by the way new level cap 110 um if you hit that level cap you can then fly that makes sense to me you explored everything okay do it you know so we do have some new heroes as well and villains and there's going to be a lot of story involved of course which is sort of what we expect and there's more that's going to be revealed as time goes by and yeah we'll keep on getting info um, i'm excited about it i i don't i don't think i'm going to play it is the sad part uh i talked to my wife and my wife's like no i'm done i just wanted to get to 100 and now we're done and that's how it is sometimes for people they to be wanna- honest i won't play it i'm not i'm not gonna play another mmorpg until the until the, the wow killer is out and i don't know when that's gonna be so i'm happy for my friends that play wow this is coming out but um like it's cool that it's out. it's not gonna affect me either way but i'm, I'm still waiting for that wow killer I think the thing is, too, that um, although a lot of people may be upset about this happening so soon, I don't think it's a negative to have so much new content in it's, a year. It's not. No, absolutely. The more the, 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 the problem I, is paying for it, of course. That's that's the issue. How much is an expansion? It's nowadays? around 50 bucks. Um, yeah. You can pay more for, um, you know, the collector's edition or whatever that they normally release. But uh, yeah, so we had some good uh, wow news. I liked what I heard. I liked that they're expanding on the world of warcraft universe because it's it's something that's worth doing and uh if you want to gain more subscribers you couldn't find a better time so microsoft was also at gamescom and they had some new announcements for us and i did also highlight these for you guys um and ricky you could probably do you have an xbox one I do not have an Xbox One. I had a 360, but I will be buying an Xbox One as we get closer to the release of the Oculus, because I plan on having both an Oculus and a Project Morpheus headset, so I will get one eventually. All right, so all future Xbox 360 Gold title games will be backwards compatible with the Xbox One. So that is always an awesome thing to support, backwards compatibility. Always, always. You, at least for the previous, you always need backwards. Because people love playing, like, reliving their old favorite games. And, like, you know, like, I've been, um, like, I'm dying for them to add Kingdom Hearts to to the PS4 because I I never really got around to playing that series and I want to play it before the new one comes out. And I haven't heard anything about, you know, so um, I think backwards compatibility is, is... is a really good thing to do for your for the fans yeah i mean think of it this way you you pay for a game 60 bucks and then you abandon it when the console says so you know like a new console comes out okay well i can't use these that's happened to me but ever since i moved on to steam it hasn't and i love that okay that's why our libraries are so important but now that sort of makes it so the xbox one gets something to rival you know to to deal with that issue because i think it's something that a lot of people want to do instead of hooking up another console PlayStation has PS Now, which there's certain old titles that you can play and stream, but you have to pay a subscription service. So as far as I know, you won't have to do that for Xbox, right? No, I don't I don't believe so. Another good thing is that next year you'll be able to use your Xbox One as a TV DVR. So cable cutters, uh, that's going to hurt. I mean, that's going to hurt the cable companies, not the cable cutters, not at all. So see this. I think this is awesome. Like when so when when both systems were being released, the PS4 and the Xbox One, 
I really wanted to get the Xbox One because I'm more of a... I'm not that big of a gamer, and I liked that the Xbox One uh, was focusing more on kind of an all-around entertainment console. I didn't buy it because none of my friends bought it, so I wouldn't have had anybody to play with. But I like that they're still venturing out into this whole entertainment console uh, concept and idea. So I think that the whole DVR thing is awesome, and it's another reason why I'm looking forward to eventually getting a, an Xbox One. So anyways, um, the Xbox One is getting a redesigned dashboard powered by the new Windows 10. It's coming in November 2015, and it's pretty much a simple, faster way to navigate. And along with new features from Windows 10, such as Cortana, which you'll need Connect 4. So that is also a good, it gives you a good idea of what Microsoft is trying to do with the Windows 10. They're trying to sort of make this, they're trying to, I think, unite their Windows platform with Xbox. Right. So it's more of just one thing. And which, makes I think- sense, which makes absolute sense. For a while there, Windows was like the uncool kid at school. Like Mac was just like, you know, and, and I, I'm taking over. And I still think that's the case, but I do think that Microsoft is making good attempts at kind of reimagining um, their their image and, and, and integrating it more into like the Xbox platform, I think is a definite way to go. And hopefully they're able to kind of bounce back a little bit, you know? Yeah. I, I'm not a Windows user, but I do enjoy healthy competition. So, and it hasn't been much of a competition lately. Um, it's been very one-sided. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, seeing this helps because now you can stream your games from Xbox to Windows 10. So if you have a PC in your in your home somewhere, you're going to be able to do that. And that is pretty big because I feel like now they're starting to realize how big Steam is. They also announced a one million dollar Halo championship, which will launch later this year to help it climb back up to the esports ladder because it sort of fell off a little bit. Uh, I got to start, all the call I gotta start brushing games. up on my Halo skills, man. I, I can I could care less about playing. I have I have arthritis on my fi- I have I, arthritis I, on my fingers. I can't. There's no way I can I can win that thing. The last few years, I mean, I'd, I'd say in the last ten years, you know, first person shooters just fell off for me. I don't know how that happened. I used to love them so much, but now they don't. I do. It was oversaturation. Of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Um, then and finally, uh, another big thing: Halo Wars Two was announced for next year. Which is sort of a weird thing. I, I didn't expect them to even make a sequel for this RTS of sorts. Yeah, I don't think anybody cares about that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's pretty much the highlights of Microsoft. During Gamescom, DICE announced the Fighter Squadron mode for the upcoming Star Wars Battlefront. Fighter Squadron will pit players in a 10 versus 10 aerial combat dogfighting deathmatch. Sergio, this is the kind of thing that like massive Star Wars fans like me have been waiting for. It's been such a long time since we had the Rogue Squadron games, and that was really the last time any of us got to jump in the cockpit of an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter, so I am super excited to finally be able to get um some more like space combat sims going on in, in my in my gaming. I just want to see more more companies work on Star Wars games, like more publishers. Oh man, EA it's gonna it seems gonna, to have EA, so many. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan of EA, so I'm sort of careful with with what they what they push out. Well, but um, visceral, I'm always excited game, about this. Visceral yeah. Games, Visceral Games is working on um, a title as well, but I think they might be owned by EA. So um, you have different departments within EA working on it, so it's like different sub companies. So um, yeah, you never know. Sometimes you know they can't they can produce good stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm very excited. I don't know if I was a big um, like uh, space sim. Uh, fan back in the day, like X Wing versus Tie Fighter, and like Afterburn, that was my favorite arcade game. So I'm 
especially with VR coming out, I am super excited for this because it's the Star Wars universe. So I, hopefully uh, there's like Project Morpheus integration and I can like feel like I'm there. And so I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I am too. I think it's going to be like a one of the things that I've been waiting for for probably 10 years now. Me too. The only thing that sucks and I've been trying to do my research. I don't know. Maybe you know something that I don't, but... I, see, this is the kind of thing I want to play with a with a flight stick. I don't want to play with a controller. If I buy Battlefront on the PS4, I don't know if there's any joysticks or flight sticks that are currently integrated with PS4. So I may have to buy a PC version of this as well. I was gonna say, if you go down the PC line, you're guaranteed <laughs> to be able to because yeah. you have people who, if you can't use a flight a flight stick, there's a mod out there or a program that allows you to. So that is the okay. beauty of it. Toys R Us finally announced their plans to take part in the upcoming Force Friday event. For those of you who don't know what Force Friday is, it's an event September 4th at midnight where a bunch of different retailers are opening up uh, they're opening up shop and that's when they're going to release all of the uh, exclusive merchandise for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, and this is a little bit of the excerpt of the press release that, that Toys R Us released. Uh, the next chapter of the legendary franchise begins at Toys R Us across uh, stores across the globe on Force Friday, September 4th at 12.01 a.m. As fans get first access to new toys, exclusive giveaways, and more, Sergio, we're definitely attending. Dude, I think I just need a list of what's going to be out there so I know what kind of uh, price we're looking at and what I actually want. I don't need some a things I don't collect. I don't need a list to tell, like, so that I know what's out. I need a list to so I can calculate how much money I'm going to spend because that's I'm going to buy. Saying, yeah, I'm going to buy absolutely every single thing on that list, even if it's something I don't use. I'm going to buy it because it says Star Wars and it says The Force Awakens on it, so I'm going to buy everything. But that's what I'm saying. I just don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if you run in there, you have to grab everything before anyone else you does. Realize, you realize, and then you can say, okay, I want this. I don't want that. We can't go to this with our wives. You realize that, right? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure even if we begged and pleaded, they would not want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think they would. So, and this is also the day that um, Star Wars Aftermath is being released, the book that takes place between Return of the Jedi and, and Force Awakens. So it's going to be a big day and we're going to be there. Yeah, we'll be live podcasting it most likely. Yep. So looking forward to that. It's that time again. It is time for Thing of the Week. Thing of the week, the, the, the thing of the week. Tuka, tuka, tuka. Okay, good. We kept it short this time. So, what's your <laughs> thing of the week? My thing of the week is the Lexus hoverboard made by Lexus for a car commercial. So, 2015, the year Marty McFly rode his hoverboard for the first time, we finally get a real life hoverboard. Um, the Verge put out a video where they were. They were invited to use it at a skate park or a hover park built in Spain by Lexus specifically for the commercial. Um, the downside to the hoverboard, it needs liquid nitrogen to run, and it also needs to be on a magnetic track due to superconductors inside the board. So we're not quite to the point where we have a hoverboard like we have in Back to the Future Part 2, but slowly but surely, we are getting there, and we're going to put the video um, of them writing it in, in the show notes, so check it out. Yeah, it's. I think it's important to keep in mind that um, they didn't make the first hoverboard they made the first hoverboard that's rideable i suppose you know like you can actually ride this thing um the other thing too is yeah the superconductors the way that works someone had a video on this um for in a smaller scale of course and it's that they don't work unless they're cooled down to a specific level hence the liquid nitrogen so then the thing is if depending on the weight of the person 
that doesn't last for 10 to no more than 10 to 20 minutes. So it's not really something practical. It's not functional yet. Like you can't just take it out to the street and write it, you know, but I mean, yeah, they'd have to use tons of liquid nitrogen. And they had to, they had two boards, which they had to shuffle in and out right. as they would refill them. Now, the thing that's interesting to me is that the, the track is it's only a small track. And you know what they did is they then built an entire skate park around, around the it, track. Which just is, so it which looks, is, you which know, is cool, which is cool. Anyways, my thing of the week is the collected works of Hayao Miyazaki. Have you seen this? Dude, I am so happy we're finally getting, like, everything put together. This is such good news. It's going to be super expensive, but I'm definitely picking this up. A few years ago, I was going to pick – well, I think it's just last year. I was going to pick up one of the exported ones from Japan that I found – and then I realized I might be cheaper to buy them separately. And that's what happened. So North America is finally getting a box set of Miyazaki's 11 films. The one that I'm talking about, which is an Amazon exclusive, includes a lot of favorites such as Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, Howl's Moving Castle, and a lot more. It also contains a book, artwork, and a bunch of extras. It's worth it if you don't have the movies. I'm saying that right now. I am. Um, I I can't wait to pick this up and just like spend like an entire day just watching all these movies and looking through the the book and the artwork. This is I mean, his movies are so beautiful and gorgeous and like the stories are awesome and the meanings behind the story are just so deep and I just I cannot wait to have this in my collection. Yeah, I mean, and another reason, of course, is if you're a big fan, it's definitely worth it. But as a heads up to those who don't know, not all of Studio Ghibli films were by Miyazaki. So you may want to wait for an official Studio Ghibli box set, which is what I'm waiting for. You think you think we'll get a a set with every single movie? I think the problem is that the studio's not done yet, you know? Um it's sort of maybe they might do like a series like um from this year to this year and something like that. I I would pick that up. I think that makes sense because you can do it at a lower cost a lower price. Right. But um so if you're thinking of pre-ordering, it's gonna cost you two hundred and twenty five bucks with a pre-order guarantee from Amazon, you can lock in that price in case it goes for more near release, which at the moment, I believe, is November 17th, 2015. Sounds like a Christmas present. That's what it is. Very excited about this one. During the Television Critics Association press tour, the Hollywood Reporter learned that Fox is currently closing a deal to bring the X-Men to TV in a live-action series. While Fox's big screen counterpart, 20th Century Fox, owns the film rights for Marvel's X-Men characters, the report states that the TV studio has to negotiate with Marvel in order to use the characters on television. Sergio, X-Men on TV, what do you want to see? I don't want to see live action. <laughs> I want to see an animated series again based on the one from the 90s. So good, so good, and actually pretty dark. Yeah, it got pretty dark, and they did a really good job of um, of adapting all of the uh, the the famous comic book arcs from the, throughout the years. They 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 got all the big ones and they turned them. Uh, they adapted them for the TV show, and they did a pretty good job of that. Um, especially for like kids watching and stuff. So it was a really good um, it was a really good cartoon series. We already had a TV series kind of X-Men related back in the 90s. It was called Generation X, and they couldn't use any of the big X-Men characters in it, but um, I think it was only a pilot, and it aired, and it was all right from what I remember, but it never made it to an actual series. So For I guess a reason, their, I'm guessing. This is their second attempt at doing it. Um, I'm okay with it. The, the thing is that you can't, so you can't use any of the main the main people because they're in the movies right now, so you can't have it clash. So maybe if you do like a... 
Mutant Academy kind of a show centered around uh, the Xavier School. Um, I'd watch I would, that. I like that idea. I, I, I see. I'm if they do if do the, if they do that, I'm okay with it. And you can even do some. You can do like Marvel those with Agents of Shield and do a little bit of a crossover between the the movies and the and the TV show. So I mean. What worries me the most is that it's on Fox, and Fox has a long history of ruining really good properties. Like, they had Firefly, and they they played all the episodes out of order, which is a big reason why the show got canceled. People didn't know what was going on. They canceled awesome shows like Almost Human because, again, they start airing things out of order, and it's just like the only thing that worries me is that it's on Fox, and Fox usually doesn't do right by its TV shows, but... um. It is X-Men, so they might treat this property a little bit better than other properties. Let's hope so. Channing Tatum has closed his deal to play the role of Cajun mutant known as Gambit. I am not a happy camper right now at all. He was actually (laughs) considering backing away from the project, which was most likely due to money issues. Part of me dreams it was because he's like, hey, I can't do this. I shouldn't do this. But no, it's no. most likely money. I think Please a big back. part of it was it was it was money related in terms of the fact that, from what I understand, they want since since Hugh Jackman is leaving, uh, the franchise they kind of want Channing Tatum to be the new anchor where he'll pop up in different properties and different movies as like the central X-Men character, and that's a long commitment. So I think it had to do with the commitment in terms of money. Like, time versus money, I think. But, I mean, they were able to, to finish it off. And it would have been weird if he would have backed out because the week before he was at Comic-Con promoting well, it. was this so. idea, yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Well, the thing is, have you seen Jupiter Ascending? I still haven't. Don't. Don't watch <laughs> it. It's horrible. I, I don't like him. I don't like the guy as in these action roles because he has a specific thing to him that i can't really pinpoint but he plays that jock character too well and you know, when he does it works what but bothers when he me the most about channing tatum is his perfectly waxed eyebrows his eyebrows freak oh, I don't know. me I don't even pay attention the to that. <laughs> hell out they're like it looks like they're made out of porcelain or something i don't know um i will reserve my judgment on channing tatum as gambit until i see a trailer or the movie itself I will not, and I will say it's going to be a flop, and I'm calling it right here today, August 8th, 2015, because I I just have a gut feeling on it. I, uh, way, I don't know. Who knows? Either way, it's set in stone at this point. October 7th, 2016, I will be there to prove myself right. Hopefully the people behind the X-Men movies are the ones behind this as well, and, um, and they're able to do right by it, because... Fox cannot afford another Fantastic Four. Let's hope they run away. Let's hope they run away. It looks like Jenna Malone, whom you all may know from Hunger Games, she played Johanna, or Sucker Punch, will not be playing Carrie Kelly's incarnation of Robin in Batman vs. Superman as originally thought, but she'll be playing Barbara Gordon. This comes to us from Latino Review, who, they're always very credible, and they're always the first ones that have the first scoop on anything, so... Sergio, you think we're going to see Batgirl or even Oracle in the new movie? So if they decide to do that, there's a big chance this is going to become even worse because there's a lot of movies out there who try to throw in too much, too many things, and it just destroys the plot. It just gives no room for the characters to develop to a point where you understand what's going on. I do find the timing strange, not strange, but that we're going to get the Killing Joke animated feature next year where... 
Joker paralyzes Barbara Gordon, leading her to be Oracle, and then we're getting her in the movie now. So that's really good timing on on WB's part to kind of cross um market uh the two movies. But um, let's I I want to bring up the fact that there's there's some strong rumors that apparently there was a screening for WB executives of Batman versus Superman, and they liked it so much, and they got a stand got a standing ovation, and they're giving. Uh, ben Affleck a long-term deal um, with with the studio for Batman, and supposedly they're gonna make Batman the anchor of the whole DC uh, universe and uh, all the slate of movies. So, you know, maybe maybe this movie ends up being amazing. Hey, you know what? Gut feeling again. <laughs> I don't like Ben <laughs> Affleck in Batman. I don't. I'm not gonna change my view on that until I watch it and I say, "Holy crap, he's actually good at. It. He can do it." I, I will don't say, know. even even if the movie's bad. I think he's gonna be the the best part of it. I think he's I think he's gonna be a good Batman. We'll find out. You know what? Like I said, I am always hoping to be wrong about these films because if I am completely wrong, I'll be like, hey, I'm actually having fun. You know, <laughs> that's a big thing that you can't lose that way. Yeah. But um, I'm hoping it gets better. Let's see how it goes. We got a look at a trailer for Zoolander 2 this week, and it was basically this massive VFX-driven minute-long scientific talk, which is narrated by that robotic voice, which we normally associate with Stephen Hawking, because I don't know if it was actually him. I sort of doubt it. I don't and, think it was. <laughs> yeah, me neither. And then we get Ben Stiller in his Derek Zoolander role with the infamous Blue Steel face from the first movie, and there's a fun back and forth between him and how he's such an idiot, and um, <laughs> you know, with the narrator. And it's coming in 20. 16 and you know 15 years since the first i think it'll be fun and i'm looking forward to it you know there's there's really not that much to say about it yet because we've only seen this i can't wait for it it's gonna be fun i mean the fact that they announced this movie during paris fashion week and you had Derek zoolander and hansel walk out on one of their run runways like during a fashion show that's how you announced the movie you know they're gonna be up to their old hijinks their old fun i i cannot wait to me the scene where the all the male models are dancing at the gas station dousing themselves in gasoline and it blows up that's still one of the funniest movie moments for me so hopefully we get more things like that but i'm very excited yeah when it comes to this kind of comedy i i always tend to trust um ben stiller over adam <laughs> over adam sandler yes yeah maybe maybe ben stiller needs to put adam sandler in this movie and give him have him be a male model or something that would probably help him, you know, out a little bit more than Pixels is right now. <laughs> so Warner Brothers is turning Five Nights at Freddy's, an indie horror game that's been extremely popular in the last year, into a movie which will be directed by Gil Kennan. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but um, I hope I did. I hope so, too. Yeah, I hope so. You may know him for his work directing Monster House, City of Ember, and most recently, Poltergeist. Love the first two. Not a fan of Poltergeist. Uh, it was a weird remake. I don't like it at all. But uh, yeah, big fan of the first two. I have not seen the new one. I've seen the old one, of course. Um, you know, horror movies aren't really my thing. So this is why you're you're the one How talking about, about this particular House? story. Didn't see it. Although I heard it's a very good animated movie. One movie, dude. City of yeah. Ember. Did not see it either. <laughs> dude, go go watch it. I love that movie. I watched that with my daughter like five times. I, um, I do want to. I do want to see Monster House though. Go watch it, dude. It's good. Anyways, Scott Cathens, Five Nights at Freddy's. I hope I pronounced that right as well. I'm not good with names, dude. I think what, that's something we should Five be Nights at Freddy's? Of. 
no, no, no. Scott <laughs> Coffins? Coffins? Oh, Coffins. gotcha, gotcha. You, you probably didn't, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but anyways, Five Nights at Freddy's has a big following. And outside of popcorn scares, it's because of the story that you get in the background. It's really interesting stuff. You should look into if you you're interested at all. But I hope they take, they take that story and do something with it because as a horror fan, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. We ended up talking about Fantastic Four just now, but it ended up being a lot longer than we thought. So we're going to push that over to a special. And if you're listening right now, it should be coming up next on your RSS feed. So keep your ears open for that one. So that's it for the week, folks. Once again, I am Sergio AM and... And I am Ricky Casvan reminding you to... Guys, friends don't let friends watch Fantastic Four. They just don't. But I, but you didn't let me, and I watched it anyways. So huh? yeah, dude, I tried to save you. I couldn't. There's <laughs> nothing we could do. But but yeah, do Don't that. Watch it. Don't let them watch Don't it. Watch. Now, if you want to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook and Google Plus. So check out the show description for those details as well. And finally, if you want to support the podcast and help us out, the best way is to subscribe and share. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or just manually by adding us to your favorite podcatcher through our RSS feed. To your friends, family, enemies, personal robotic butlers, anyone you can think of, we'd really, really appreciate it. We really would.